Good morning. This is Friday, March 7, 2014, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page today. Crimea seeks to secede as tensions rise. Abortion law pushes clinics to close doors. And to revive his prospects, Rubio pushes U.S. strength. In today's national headlines, medical marijuana providers fear legalization. We hear the latest from Seattle. Facing trial, general pleads guilty to misconduct, and Senate rejects blocking commanders on sex assault cases. In today's business headlines, Bitcoin's mysterious creator said to be found. Companies test plans to cut their health costs, and book deal falls apart for parodists of Goldman traders. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. This is the top story. Crimea seeks to secede as tensions rise. Written from Simferopol, Ukraine. The volatile confrontation over the future of Ukraine took another tense turn on Thursday as Russian allies here in Crimea sought annexation by Moscow and the United States imposed its first sanctions on Russian officials involved in the military occupation of the peninsula. While diplomats raced from meeting to meeting in an effort to end the standoff, European leaders signaled they might join American sanctions, and Moscow threatened countermeasures as an already jittery situation was made edgier by the opening of new Russian military drills, the pro-Russian regional parliament in Crimea crossed another red line set by the United States and Europe by voting to hold a referendum on whether to secede from Ukraine and become part of Russia. It's scheduled a vote for March 16th, hoping to win popular approval for the Russian military seizure of the region. But authorities in the Ukrainian capital city of Kiev denounced the move. Hours after issuing his first punitive actions against specific Russians, President Obama reached out to President Vladimir Putin in an hour-long telephone call emphasizing a diplomatic settlement. Obama urged Putin to authorize direct talks with Ukraine's new pro-Western government, permit the entry of international monitors, and return his forces here to their bases, the White House said. Any discussion about the future of Ukraine must include the legitimate government of Ukraine, Obama said in his only public remarks on the crisis. In 2014, we're well beyond the days when borders can be redrawn over the heads of democratic leaders. European Union leaders issued a statement in Brussels calling an annexation referendum contrary to the Ukrainian constitution and therefore illegal. The sanctions Obama approved Thursday imposed visa bans on officials and other individuals deemed responsible for undermining Ukrainian sovereignty and territorial integrity. The administration would not disclose the names or number of people penalized, but a senior official said it would affect just under a dozen people, mostly Russians, but some Ukrainians. Obama also signed an executive order laying out a framework for tougher measures like freezing assets of individuals and institutions. But the White House held back applying those measures while officials gathered evidence in the hope that waiting would provide some space for Russia to reverse course. The House, in the meantime, approved an economic aid package for Ukraine and advanced a sanctions resolution. 
Moscow, however, gave no indication of backing down, suggesting it would reciprocate with measures seizing U.S. property in Russia. The U.S. has the right, and we have the right to respond to it, Vladimir Lukin, a Russian envoy who has worked on the Ukraine crisis, told Russia's Interfax news agency. But all that is, of course, not making me happy.